you know, I'm now officially working from home, being a remote person. I realize I'm full of crap. I thought, you know, it'll be great. I just roll over. I have no commute, but I'm still coming to late every day. Don't so, and I guess a good question for our panel, I guess once we introduce them, is like, what's the craziest day at work for me? I was working in a lab. It was our nine o'clock meeting. So, you know, our lab director was sitting here telling us what to do. And then our HR department, he no longer works for the company now. He brought in a possum. That's he said, oh, I was told to bring it in because, you know, uh, one of our other members, Mr. Pancake, uh, would take us out and give it. So it was weird. We all went and looked at this possum who was eating cat food in a cage. I, it's, it was a strange lab. I Anyway, with that, welcome back to Confrontational Millennials. My name is Nikki Alley. And I'm Belle Mars. And I think and in celebration of Women's History Month, uh, we have a wonderful panel of all different millennials from different backgrounds. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we can like, we'll go ahead and let them like introduce themselves real quick. Uh they'll get into more information like detail when we actually start the questions but just going around real quick um and we're gonna start with angelica <laughs> i sang it <laughs> you did and i liked it so hello everyone i'm angelica um about 30 ish uh mid 30s uh i've worked in healthcare since 2008 2009 so i have a pretty long history in the healthcare sector Nice, nice. Thank you for coming, Angelica. Thank you for having me. And then we have uh, below me on my screen is JD. So we're going to have her uh, chime in really quick. Hi, everyone. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, my name for the purpose of this podcast is JD. And as my name would imply, I have, I have a law degree and um, I finished law school in 2019. I'm still in pursuit of my bar license. So if um, anything arises and someone wants legal advice, I'm not the one. I can't ethically or legally provide advice. Um, but I have a lot of experience as far as internships and things like that. And I'm just looking forward to hearing other people's insight as far as working. And I'm excited to be here. So thank you. Yay, JD. She's going to rock it. She's going to be the best lawyer ever. Anywho, right next to me on the screen is Stewie. Everyone should know Stewie at this point, but we can let her introduce herself again anyway. <laughs> so I'm not team toxic today. Uh, so my name is Stewie. Um, I'm in education. So my journey through education hasn't just been through K through 12. I have been a teacher for the last three years in a K through 12 classroom. Before that, I used to work on the university level. I worked anywhere from student advising um, to alumni affairs. Um, I actually work for equal opportunity and regulatory compliance on the university level. And I did diversity work on the university level. Yay, education, it's important. Awesome, and then finally, for right now, someone else will be joining us, but for right now, we have Linda! <laughs> hello, hello. Uh, so yes, my name is Linda. I currently work um, 
in education, I guess, tech. I'm at a high school and uh, high school, uh, the students and faculty have laptops, so they have an on-site help desk. And I am in there kind of running the uh, student workers when they come to school after work because they fix the computers. But during the day, me and the other help desk manager are there kind of making sure the students aren't, you know, slamming their computers on the ground and being like, well, why isn't it working? <laughs> like, well, because you slammed it on the ground, sweetheart. So doing that in the day, I'm uh, going to start my master's in uh, cybersecurity soon. So yeah, getting into the tech industry. Yay, tech ladies. Yay. Um, we'll introduce our, I mean, everybody knows that Belmars does at this point, but we'll introduce, we'll let her introduce herself when we get to the questions. And I feel like everybody knows what I do, but we'll get to that as well. But first, we're going to rant about things in the segment that I like to call how women are and men are ruining our life it was men before and now it's both women and men because just people are being trashed this week okay so we're gonna start with something easy ish we're gonna start with Sharon Osborne and the panel can like chime in whenever they want um but if you don't know what happened with Sharon Osborne she was basically outed as a racist which shouldn't be that surprising because she's from the UK which is the center of all racism um <laughs> so she basically blew up at her co-host um uh her co Cheryl Cheryl yes yeah, she blew up at Cheryl who's a comedian um she blew up at her recently because she was asking her very easy questions she was basically doing her job because they're on a talk show called the talk which is what right. they, they talk you know um so she blew up with her at her on this panel when she was asking her questions about you know whether or not like her motivations behind kind of backing Pierce Morgan who is a butthurt um former morning co-host like co-host of a show in UK who stormed uh, good off morning Britain yeah good morning Britain who stormed off the set because everybody because he felt like Meghan Markle was being mean to him because she rejected him <laughs> I don't know but she basically went off about that and then she issued a pretty fake apology there was an investigation done that basically uh let everybody know that she hated pretty much everybody on the talk who wasn't white even no even the white people because she called leah whatever her face was from the king of queens ghetto so like no one was safe um and then she went on a, i don't remember what african-american man this was but she went on his show to basically do a softball interview about how she was not racist was it et or was it a different show i don't is it kevin i feel like his name is kevin which of course it is but i don't remember what show he's from but maybe like it, he was like basically the host of i guess the panel i don't know if it's his show or if it was et or what but she went on here he was the one asking her questions and he basically called for um a whole bunch of black cheryl cheryl who else did he call for cheryl um what's her name off of uh insecure uh Issa Rae not Issa um the other one the light-skinned one with the very curly Amanda hair. Field. uh yes 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 he asked for her I think it's Amanda Seals Amanda Seals yeah her Am Amanda Seals uh um Cheryl and then someone else no Holly Holly Robinson Pete who also used to be on the talk he asked for the three of them to kind of come together 
and like so they can have a conversation and amanda seals went off as she usually does and we loved it so <laughs> i say all that to say do you think sharon should be fired <laughs> yeah and then she probably just dorm like whatever white right-wing group ever unless she tried to learn and take sensitivity training and learn the black struggle but is it enough for her to take sensitively training on training on the black struggle when she called uh what's a julie chin she called her a squinty eyed i think she called her squinty eyed i don't want to say the word because i hate it but the it's a slur against asian people <laughs> um she did that and she also called uh the woman who basically created the show, I can't remember her name right now. She's on the Connors or whatever. She's like the main character. Um, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Gil Gilbert. Yes. Um, she called her a fish eater, basically, and a and a pussy licker. Yeah, basically, because she <laughs> she's a lesbian. So I all around, I feel like she's just very <laughs> <laughs> is sensitivity training gonna be enough yeah no, i don't think it is no 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 she needs the depths of hell right now the depths the farthest depths no ma'am i used to run sensitivity training i could tell you study show sensitivity training no. diversity training doesn't work second of all she must be on those drugs with ozzy she's been with him that long she's crazy he's a zombie he doesn't even know what his name is Oh, uh, yeah, Angelica, you told me that uh, Ozzy Osbourne would eat pigeon heads or something, and I'm like, what is going on with that family? I mean, yeah, it's okay. British. Okay. I mean, okay. they have that yeah. stiff upper lip and thinking there's no racism. That's an American thing. And they know what did America got from them? Racism. Yeah. Um, considering the Britons have touched every part of this globe and have territory everywhere, you would think that that's not the case. I would think that Britons would probably be one of the most racist out of the European countries. Well, if you so, want a technicality, Germany, I mean, the Germans head the monarchy. So it's like Germany, Britain right there, you know, one A, one B. Case below, you know, right. licking the boot heels. Um, <laughs> but they basically like, I think they postponed the show until Tuesday to kind of finish the investigation and make a decision um i don't know why they're acting like this woman is the face of the talk at this point because a she didn't even make the show even though she is one of the only surviving long-term first members of the show like the cast members but get rid of that girl like just <laughs> give me another black woman or something like god or another asian woman like i really <laughs> i mean what if they get candace owens no, like I don't, don't, don't give me two wrongs. Don't make a right, Belmars. Okay. <laughs> Wait, can can I say something really quick? Yes. Actually, Candace Owens has been given her own show on the Daily Wire, so oh. that is happening. She would not be available to do the talk, and I doubt she would see any value in contributing her thoughts on the show anyway. She's like, what kind of talk is this? <laughs> I mean, unless they do Stacy Dash. I mean, she's not doing anything right now. Oh. I mean, she's black and Hispanic. Money. No, nobody is she black and Hispanic? Yeah, Stacey like her Dash? dad's black and her mom's Mexican. But when she oh, got really, she was white. Keep that same energy. You are now white. White woman, honky, salty. 
This, you, no one can are, see because this is an audio medium, but like half the panel when Belmar said that was like, girl, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay, well. Or she can join Pierce Morgan. They can just be two losers on like Fox News. <laughs> or OAN or Newsmax. There you go. So that's happening. Hopefully that gets resolved with a Sharon Osbourne no longer being on the talk, but I don't have faith in lots of white executives. So we'll see. Um, we're going to move on to something a little more somber. Um, obviously at this point, everyone knows about the, um, the Atlanta shooting in uh, what, t- what part of Atlanta was it in? Do you remember Belmar's? The Atlanta shooting? Um, I'm not sure. I do know it was that neighborhood, but I'm thinking one thing that really pissed me off about the Atlanta shootings, how they always humanize the white shooter. I'm thinking he was a kid who just had a sexual addiction. He was having a bad day. I'm thinking all of us here on the panel has probably had a bad day at work, bad day at home, but we just don't shoot all. I'm thinking, you know, it'd be great. Let me go shoot a bunch of white people. Let me go to Chipotle or something, but Chipotle. Yeah, because I'm thinking how many times we humanize him. Because as someone who's a lover of true crime, I think about John Wayne Gacy and thinking, oh, he's a family member. He loved his family. He did community service. He dressed like a clown, but then he also like killed hundreds of people and buried their body under his house. So I'm just thinking, why do we just humanize so many of these people? Um, yeah, I think and. Uh, just just as an overview he killed eight people um six of them were of asian either asian descent or uh, asian american descent i believe and then two of them were caucasian i want to say um and then i think a couple of people also got injured but i'm not terribly certain and that's because most of the news like belmar's made clear was kind of focusing on trying to humanize first of all this is not a fucking ya novel like i don't need to i don't need to have emotional connection to the antagonist i hate him the only thing i want to know about him is when his court date is and when he's going off to jail that's all i care about like (laughs) so a lot of the news cycle has been like trying to tell me what church he went to, how he's traumatized when he was eight or something because he's watched his parents have sex in the closet. I don't care. Like I, <laughs> I want it. That's not true. I made that up. Maybe. I don't know. But like, I just, I just want I didn't know the names of the victims until Thursday. And I just, that's, that's ridiculous. So I just wanted to say that all the families of those affected like that we we're here for you we see you like we we do not condone and we do not um we we aren't we are not okay with asian with asian hate that's kind of the hashtag that's been trending um and that we're here for the asian american and pacific islander community so and call a thing a thing mr county sheriff it's white supremacy it's a hate crime just don't sugarcoat it yeah white evangelical terrorists we can't ignore that church issue that he had and how that church was kind of loony to me that's true that's a good that southern evangelical vibe i understand it being from you know the south (laughs) oh that's we're not covering religion until easter belmar it's like just (laughs) all right but um our last thing really quickly we're just going to go around the panel and uh today what was trending was um life without men would be 
um, would be like or something like that. So we're just going to go around the panel and get everybody to say to finish the sentence. Yay. <laughs> Angelica, do you want to start? <laughs> yes, I would love to. I feel like life without men would be very peaceful. Oh, peaceful. I like that. Yes, peaceful. You know, men like to have testing contests. They always have to be the biggest, baddest, have the most. I mean, I think women do in, to a certain aspect, but not to the way that men do. So I think it would be a probably more peaceful world. I always think about the beginning of, was it Wonder Woman? And they're on their island just fighting, having a good time. I'm like, see, you know, we could just, you know, pop in the table case, have a good time, and then drink some wine and go about our day. That sounds great. I would love to live on the mascara. <laughs> That's all. Like just, what a great place <laughs> Belmars why don't you finish the sentence life about men will be actually pretty sweet so I'm thinking less things will be gender thinking okay it's not a man's thing or a woman's thing it's just a thing because there's no men and there's nothing to compare it to thinking life will be sweet more women going to STEM no oppositions to women in STEM now and won't be such a sausage fest yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, good point. Um, I'm going to finish this sentence with life without men would be, I mean, a little less exciting, but a lot safer. Yay! I could go walk at night. Bruh, just thinking about it just gives me the most excitable. My jaw hurts because I'm smiling too much. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's great. And we wouldn't have had this shooter because he wouldn't have existed. Anyway, JD, why Most don't you finish? Are men. There you go. JD, why don't you finish the sentence? Sure. So similarly to what Angelica said to peaceful, I would say life without men would be much more quiet. Mm-hmm. I just I think it would it'd be it'd be quiet. I feel like men make a lot of noise and they're often very heavy handed with things such as closing doors and whatnot. So it would just be really quiet. There you go. Nice. Stewie, how would you finish the sentence? Life without men will be boring. Who else am I going to be toxic with? Stop. Stop. Who, else, who else am I going to play games with? Who else <laughs> am I going to go ahead and get me to buy stuff and play with emotions? And then I need some peen. So there's that. Stewie has her priority straight. <laughs> Linda. Hmm. I think life without men... Uh, similar to what y'all have said would be you know peaceful serene less chaotic but also boring at the same time because it's like you know sometimes you just need the simple-minded affectionness that a man can give you so (laughs) sorry to all the male listeners you know what what I gotta say facts we would get too much shit done like we would have cured cancer and all of this and then we would just be all like what do we do now we've made a utopia God. <laughs> exactly. Email orgasm would be easier. Right. <laughs> yeah, because listening to sex versus the female orgasm, when they said that generally women either by themselves or with other women more likely to achieve achieve orgasm. All right. You know. <laughs> like, I don't agree. <laughs> like a, a good man of like omega sci-fi. Get one of them. They never disappoint. That's a guaranteed product. Oh my goodness. This is, seems like a weird segue to just go from talking about penis to how the workplace works, but maybe it isn't. Um, 
So let's get down to our questions. Um, Belmars, do you want to tell everybody what uh, your, um, well, no, let's uh, introduce yourselves. Um, sorry, I'm real. I'm real anal. I have a, I have a little script. So now I have to go by it. Um, Belmars, please tell everybody what your educational background, your professional background and your ideal profession is. Yeah, so my I, my educational actually studied biology. I got a bachelor's in biological science because at the time I was dead set on going to medical school. And then I took the MCAT, a seven and a half hour class <laughs> exam, and I realized I wasn't good. But after some advice from Stewie and her wonderful friend, who's also in public health, I actually went to safety. So I'm right now I'm working safety operations. I work for big name companies like ExxonMobil and oil and gas and also in clinical research. So right now I'm working remotely as a safety operations specialist at Moderna. So I my specialty range from oil and gas to healthcare. Nice. And what is your ideal profession? What are we aiming for? Well, my ideal possession, uh, aiming for is to become an industrial hygienist. You have to be working for four years to sit down to get certified for exam, but more education, you only need like three years if I get a master's. So hopefully aiming for a master's Mm -hmm. and get into industrial hygiene. So get paid a lot of money to tell people don't kill yourself in the workplace. Beautiful. I love when you can make money by telling people things they should already know. Right. (laughs) Angelica, I mean, I know you already told us your your professional background, but give us some educational background in your ideal profession. Oh my goodness. So I do have a varied um, educational background. So I did graduate high school in 2004 and started college that year. And of course, being from New Orleans in 2005, Hurricane Katrina happened. And I was at Xavier at the time studying to be a pharmacist, which I knew I did not want. Um, (laughs) But I was just kind of on the path and going to school and just going through the everyday things. So when Katrina happened, they kind of put a lot of things in focus for me. Um, I moved to Baton Rouge and I was like, okay, I'm not going back to New Orleans, probably not going to do pharmacy. So let me think about what I like and think about what I can do that will not take seven or eight years to finish. But I actually became a respiratory therapist. I graduated school in 2008 and worked as a respiratory therapist pretty much from the time I got my license in January 2009 till about May 2019. So in that time frame, I actually completed my associates in respiratory therapy, finished a bachelor's degree, and in 2018, I finished my MBA with a concentration in human resources. And for some crazy reason, I thought human resources was going to be a great job, and then I got into it and learned that is a job where everybody goes to complain and bitch about their job. So I worked as a healthcare recruiter um, for about a year and a half, specifically nursing. I recruited nurses for the hospital that I had worked at, which was cool because being a respiratory therapist, we work hand in hand with nurses. So it wasn't a hard job to do. It was just the expectations um, were very high and very stressful. So um, I was able to Changed gears completely, and in November 2020, I was actually promoted to the manager of Central Supply, so I have recently started working in the supply chain um, at my organization. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy background, yeah. crazy ways to jump, but the great thing about healthcare is they have so many opportunities to work in very different aspects um, to get a little bit of training under your belt in different ways. Yeah, no, that's great. This is 
clapping and sign language. <laughs> Yes. Um, and is this like is this like an ideal profession for you? You think or? Um, actually, do I really do enjoy like supply chain? Um, I think it's really interesting. The great thing is, just like human resources, my goal was always to just not think about healthcare. Um, I did think about getting my master's in health administration, but I didn't want to limit myself just to the hospital aspect. I figured there might be other opportunities. Besides hospitals, so that's why I kind of lean towards the MBA with um, a concentration in human resources. Uh, but right now, I really do like supply chain. I'm very new to it, so I'm still learning a lot. I know there are certain certifications I can get, but I do have to have quite a few years of experience before I can even set for those, like four to five years of experience. Cool. Awesome. Well, that is amazing. Yeah. We love that for you. Oh, oh thank you. um I'll describe my background real quick um I uh went to the University of Houston spoiler um (laughs) I got a uh a double major in creative writing and psychology um I graduated a semester early which I will rub in um you know everyone's face I'm just kidding um (laughs) I graduated a semester early um, and then I went, it took me about uh, eight months to get into the workforce, but um, I did end up in marketing and I have pretty much been doing that for the last four years. And I have gone from marketing to healthcare, to oil and gas, to now government. So you know what? The girl is for here for all the industries, all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then my ideal, my ideal profession is actually <laughs> not marketing. Um, well, the girl just wants to stay home and write books all day. So that's my, <laughs> that's my background. Yay. <laughs> JD, you're up. Um, all right, so I graduated from high school in 2012. Um, just like Nikki Alley here, we went to the same undergrad. Hey, also finished uh, December 2015, so a semester early. Um, and I had about like a six month period before I went to law school. So I worked very briefly as a substitute teacher. Um, from 20, from like spring of 2015, or I'm sorry, spring of 2016 until like the fall, and then fall 2016 to spring 2019, I was in law school and that's when I graduated. And since then, um, I've, um, I've sat for the bar like a couple of times, I've yet to pass. Uh, Texas just transitioned over to the UBE, which is the uniform bar exam. And I just sat for that last month in February. So I'm awaiting my results. Um, uh, did I talk about everything? Was I also supposed to talk about jobs I've had in the interim as well? Um, yeah, if yeah, you, you want. can discuss that. Oh, okay, awesome. So um, I've done a lot of like volunteering. I worked at a local nonprofit, um, Aid to Victims of Domestic Abuse. And so that dealt with a lot of divorce cases and protective orders. Um, So I've seen a lot of mediations. I've seen what it's like in court. And I was also a student attorney while I was in law school. So I had a student bar license. So I did have clients, um, but I was heavily supervised by my professors. Um, Other than that, I also did like a a teaching assistant position for the law school that I finished from last summer. And that was a really interesting experience because one of the students truly tried to like slander me. Um, so that was, maybe I could divulge more on that a little bit later. We gonna but, get into uh, the tea, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But other than that, um, I've just been spending my time like in an academic bubble studying for my license because there's not a lot of in-between space. I found if you're someone who has a law degree, who has yet to acquire their license, you're either deemed like overqualified for most positions or underqualified because you're not licensed yet to be a lawyer. So I'm just now beginning to accept that in-between space and look for maybe something in the alternative. So ideally, I would love to say that my job would be, you know, a lawyer, but I don't know. I'm starting to expand my horizons, but I've had my law degree and they can't take that from me. So <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Thanks. <Yay! laughs> All right, Stewie. Um... I feel like she she does so well like her educational background though but like and her job but what's like an ideal profession for you um part of the reason why I switched to K through 12 was to move up in administration one thing I realized fairly quickly working on the university level is there's no real place for advancement um and I could not wait until people in their 80s with walkers died for me to go ahead and get their job um so five-year plan trying to go ahead and be an administrator in one of these school systems awesome cool 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 yay Linda hi so like Belle Mars and Nikki Alley and JD I also graduated high school um in 2012 went to the University of New Orleans uh, initially started as a computer science major, took a programming class, Java, realized I did not want to continue on with that after taking that class, so I uh, switched over to psychology, loved it, um, thought I was going to be some sort of child therapist or psychologist, took a clinical psych class, realized I did not want to do that, so graduated <laughs> with that degree, which was fine. Um, went to Houston, also worked in marketing, then kind of switched over in the same company to business development, stayed there until the beginning of this year, moved back home, um, and now I'm back working, I guess, in education, not really dealing with that, um, more so the tech side of what they have to offer at the school. So uh, yeah, I'm in there, and as far as an ideal job, I am getting my master's in cybersecurity, so I'm so some sort of cybersecurity analyst. Uh, right now, I'm really interested in cloud security. That's kind of developing. So that's what my focus is in on currently. Yay. I don't know why I keep clapping. And yay, it doesn't clap out loud. Um, all right. Um, so let's get started with the questions. Um, I'm just going to start with the one that I have at the top, which is, do you feel like your industry as a whole is predominantly male or female run? And anybody can, you know, just, just chime in. Definitely in tech male. Male for tech? And, um, I think women make up, I don't know how current this is, within the past decade, maybe about 25% of um, roles in tech. So... Mm -hmm. 75% still being men, but um, yeah, definitely male dominated in that industry. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Um, um, oh, sorry, I was gonna give like a legal field statistic. Um, like the, so the legal field from a visibility perspective, you see more men, but there's actually 
more women employed and working as lawyers than men, mm-hmm. but men are often given like a more visibility. Um, and they're often the ones who are working like those corporate-esque type jobs. Mm-hmm. So even within the legal field, you still have very gendered roles as far as who's litigating cases and who's more so mediating cases and often mediating and things like that, that falls on women uh, more so than men. So, yeah. Interesting. All right, Stewie, go ahead. You were... Um, so I always take an intersectional type of view of things, um, just because I had an atypical background. I know you guys like went from school straight on, like I dropped out of school for a year. Then I went back to high school. Then I went to, uh, pursue my college degree from LSU. Um, so with education, 82% of all teachers are white females. Mm. So it, once you take that big chunk out and then you desegregate the data, desegregate the data, there's really not that many people that kind of look like me. Mm. Um, and then you also have to account for age, age and then that uh, kind of economic background. Um, so a lot of times I kind of find myself being that um, unicorn in the room. But one thing I will say is the bottom level looks different than the top level. The top level, of course, is majority male, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Right. Makes sense. Angelica. <laughs> Yes, I think um, as far as healthcare, people have pretty conceived notions of pretty specific gender roles. I think most people think nurses are predominantly female, um, administrators are predominantly male, like the higher up the chain, the more male driven it is. And um, in my organization, it is pretty true. You do see mostly males in the higher up positions as far as like the CEO, CFO, um, the COO, pretty much all male, all white male. Besides myself, I think I could count on one hand. As far as the leadership meetings I've been in, maybe two hands, they might have 10 non-white, non-male um, people in higher up management and higher roles. But over the years, and especially my time working in healthcare, I have seen more males become nurses, more women of course, are becoming physicians, um, but it's still a pretty heavily male-driven type of role, especially when you get to like orthopedics or different specialties, you tend to think mostly males are orthopedic surgeons, mostly males are neurosurgeons, and you're starting to see women kind of break into those pretty specific um, specialties in healthcare. Yeah, and I noticed the same like in my industry as well, like those in oil and gas, there's a lot more men in this field. Um, so, but it is pretty much, but more women when I go into healthcare and even one of my uh, supervisors that I work under in the lab, when I was telling my goals, he said, oh, you should probably go into healthcare. It's better for the ladies. I, so I want to- Yes, yes. Of Dr. course Ashley. it was. <laughs> I mean, I respect him. He has a PhD, but I'm just thinking I was more into oil and gas because there's more money in that than healthcare. And money's a big factor when selecting my industry. Mm, fair. Um, I would say in marketing in general, it is typically more female driven. Um, I don't think I've ever been in a marketing department that has not been 90% female. Um and most of that 90% female is white females, white women. Um, but uh, yes, I will say like in all of the industries that I've been in, like Belmars has 
I've also been in oil and gas. It was a sausage fest all the time and they're not good looking sausages. So it's really the worst. Um, and, <laughs> and, um, with healthcare, uh, you know, I was like, I, I wouldn't say I was really like, like seeing when I looked at the doctors, like the makeup, was pretty interesting, but the doctors that were usually marketed were usually the the men. Um, and then in government, most of the department heads now that I'm in, they're men. Like there's a handful of female department heads. So, I mean, but I will say that the government agency I work for has a lot of black people. Nice. <laughs> black people. Um, but this leads me to a good follow-up question because everybody has mentioned something about the makeup of like leadership. Um, and so I would, I'm wondering like if anybody has ever really seen like in any of the jobs that they've had, like a female supervisor, if they've had like a female, like head of the company, a female VP, like somebody kind of to look up to or to for guidance, perhaps. Oh, in my industry, uh, what I noticed in the STEM, me being biology, most of the people I know is in charge, like professors in charge, have mostly been men. I mean, I had to count on one hand how many of them have been non-white and then how many of them have been non-women, but none of them in the both categories, which is kind of sad. So I'm just thinking, oh, I had a black professor who was male, but then I have a female professor, which was white. So I think very few of them where I looked up to was like, okay, a black female in my role. It's unfortunate. We're going to welcome in um, an extra participant. I don't know what to call her, but we're <laughs> but she, she, you know, Belle Mars knows her. Um, Hello, B. We're just going to call her B. That's a good one. Great, great, great on the uptake, Belmars, because I was like, I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> welcome. We can't see her yet and we can't hear her yet. But when she gets in here, she'll get in here. Um, cool. Great. Um, does anybody else? I know, JD, you look like you have something. You know. um, yeah, just really quick uh, before B says anything, I don't want to cut her off. Um, yeah, so I was in a not I was at a nonprofit when I did a lot of interning. And so I, I had the uh, fortunate opportunity to see a lot of women and women of color in leadership positions, the, the CFO, she was a woman of color, my supervisor was a woman of color, the managing attorney was a woman of color. But again, there's an argument to be made that that's government. It's not, say, corporate law. Now, it's still the legal field, and there's, you know, validity in that aspect. But I was fortunate to see a lot of women who look like me in leadership positions, and I found that to be very encouraging. So I think I'm, I'm definitely one of the lucky ones in that facet. So, yeah. Yay. Stewie, did you... I oh no I'm sorry Angelica go ahead oh no it's okay um kind of like JB working in healthcare specifically at my organization like I said nursing is a pretty female heavily female dominated field so a lot of the nursing managers I met were pretty much all women I think there was maybe one or two male nursing managers but for the most part they were all women um I did meet one woman of color that was a manager of a unit and we became really good friends. Um, very easy to talk to. I did look up to her a lot. She's a Southern grad, so go Southern. 
Um, so she was, you know, definitely a great person to have in my corner. And even though my manager in Arsatori was a white woman, she definitely gave me that push when I told her I was going back to school, not once but twice, um, what my goal was. And even when I told her, you know, I didn't see myself being a respiratory therapist. She never stopped me. She actually, you know, helped me connect with people in the HR department since that's kind of where I wanted to end up. And even to this day, she gives me tips on how to manage staff, how to talk to staff, how to have difficult conversations. So my previous manager in respiratory is probably falling on the heaviest in my new role just to have that guidance as being a manager. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Stewie, did you want to chime in or? I know sometimes when you have like, I only had maybe one supervisor that was black and female. And sometimes it was just so disappointed because it was like, I'm rooting for you and you're incompetent. You are embarrassing us. I'm trying to have your back. You can't read, you can't write, you're ignorant. You came up to work with some house shoes on and Mitch Matt socks. I'm rooting for you. And this is what you do. Thank you, Tyra. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, oh, hold on. Um, yeah, so when I was working in um, the marketing business development, my, in business development, my supervisor was a black woman and I loved her, still love her, she was great. Um, but she was the only, in that department, black manager. Um, in our health and I guess our wellness department, we had more black managers, but in that department, I think in marketing and business development, there were three black women when I left. So out of 30. That so, you know, after right. those work meetings, we would get together and you know, just talk about the BS that ensued. But yeah, it's interesting to see, although, um, I, you know, I just wish there were more opportunities. I feel like for my supervisor, she's been in that role for a while and hasn't, and I don't know if she would want to move up um, in a different sort of position, but yeah, it's, mm. I wish there were more um, in that department, more women with um, supervisor manager roles. So, mm -hmm. but uh, currently in the high school that I'm at, they're the only black people aside, I guess there's me, and like a theology teacher to a Catholic school, but the only black people that are there are also like maintenance and janitorial staff. So yeah, also would like to see some people of color um, in, you know, administration roles, um, especially with that school. So that's where we are there. Yeah, I got you. Um, we're gonna introduce our our uh, our little latecomer, but it's okay. Really quick, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, ma'am? Hi, I'm V. I have a bachelor's degree in marine biology and a minor in chemistry. Ooh. I'm currently employed at an oil lab. I won't give names. No, stop it. Uh, basically testing oil field samples. My ideal occupation would be conservation if the if the job market was there, not gonna lie. Cool, 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 cool. Awesome. 
Okay. Um, this I think this is a good like everybody has kind of been talking about like their the women in their workplace, and I wanted to ask um really quickly if you've ever felt like there was like you have been pitted against another woman in your workplace in order to maybe move up, or if like you there's been some hostility from women in your workplace, perhaps because you were better than them. Like I don't, you know those messy things. stuff messy we're getting into the mess now <laughs> yeah I, I mean not at my current workplace because I mean in the lab it's kind of it's more of like the lab versus the office people but I would say like when I was in college it was more of and I would say like cutthroat but just like who could be the bigger kiss ass mm. so who would go up to the professors talk to them after class like the most you know who would go up and bug them during office hours and I was very introverted and shy so I never did that as much and whenever I would try they would always be bombarded with like other students not I would say not only just like everybody but I would notice that a lot of the female students would just try it would just like follow them around and just be like oh I'm just gonna bend over backwards for you and you know get you know hopefully get into your like lab or whatever or just like kiss your ass like the most and it was just like mm. I hated it I hated it mm. I can imagine I say, even though I kind of was a kiss ass in school. Anyway, <laughs> I grew out of it. Um, anyone else? Um, yeah, yes. Or Stewie, you can go. You can go. So I looked at it from two different sides because one, being an employee, and then two, working in equal opportunity and regulatory compliance. You're the one who, like, once they go to HR and they realize HR really aren't the people to go ahead and handle it, they go to your office next. Um, and you have to go ahead and do those investigations. Nine times out of 10, I'm sorry to say it, you're, yes, you're it, like supposed to go ahead and follow federal regulations, but your real job is to go ahead and minimize the liability for the university or the entity that you're working for. Mm -hmm. So you're going to do anything and everything to make sure that situation does not become big. Um, so I've seen crazy stuff where people just kind of throw each other out under the bridge talking about marriage talk, uh, putting stuff on Facebook and this is the university level um, and then just personally I've never really had that issue until the last school I was at um, my supervisor was really just she didn't understand why I didn't give the legwork to the other people that I work for um, I didn't want to be that mule I was the only black female in teaching in that department and my test scores were the highest test scores so they're like, oh, share resources. And I'm like, no, sharing goes both ways. So that kind of created the thing because I, I used to tell them, this is a waste of my time. I'm not talking to you people. I have nothing to say to you people. I'm going home until you get like me and you can teach like me. We're not having this conversation. So that can go ahead and that did kind of create uh, tension because I guess most of the black people that they saw weren't on their educational level. They weren't on the, their job title level. And you have somebody younger than you telling you, being a Black person that is not a custodian, telling you, no, this is not going to happen. And I don't think they were really used to that. We love that. <laughs> JD, go ahead. Yeah, so very similarly to what both B and Stewie said, yeah, law school, it's super competitive. It's hyper competitive. So separate and apart from, you know, like women and, you know, minorities being pitted against one another, you know, you've got the male students too, and that's in a school setting, but in a professional setting, 
you know, I had a lot of friends who were vying for permanent job placements while they were in law school. And it's very competitive. I mean, you know, Chandra Rhyme, she wasn't too off with how to get away with murder. I mean, it's it's very competitive and it's just very much, can you do the task, um, you know, better than the other person and how you go about doing that task, how you position yourself to be seen or to be available, you are very much pitted against the other person, but it becomes sort of like, can you utilize the resources given? How resourceful can you be? So um, like, I, I really love The Devil Wears Prada. I think that's a great movie and it really speaks to workplace environments, I feel. When Miranda Priestly is giving Anne Hathaway's character all those tasks to do, like make this happen, get the new Harry Potter manuscript and she's running around town. It's very much, who can you access? How, how did you network properly? Did you schmooze with the right people? So it's, it's very competitive and it's very easily contentious. Um, and that, that's what I found, that's what I've seen. And it, it's a very competitive job market. It's not necessarily about if you're a person of good character, it's a question of, can you, can you do the work? Can you be a good, a good work mule? So. Um, and then I do have a personal story about that. So I have probably been working at my job as a respiratory therapist, maybe three or four years. And my supervisor at the time was moving into a different department in the hospital. And they went to different staff members and asked them if they wanted to take his supervisor position. And I think the two or three people they might have asked didn't want to take it. One girl knew she was going to another hospital anyway, so she wasn't trying to take such a big position. So they came to me and they asked me, did I want to take it? Because I've been shadowing him. Um, when he would get busy, I would kind of take over some of the duties. And we were working um, as a supervisor and just kind of help him out. So I said, yeah, but there is somebody else. There is somebody with way more experienced than me, wouldn't you want to make this person a supervisor? And they said, absolutely not. This person had a track record of calling in all the time, not being a team player, um, not being a, just an all around, a good respiratory therapist. She she could come in and do the work, but that was about it. She Whatever her assignment was, she just kind of did the bare minimum. And mind you, I'd only been a respiratory therapist maybe three, four years. So I, had, I didn't have a ton of experience. This other person probably had 15, years of experience and so they actually promoted me. She was, um, the goal of the position was they were gonna have a supervisor work Monday to Thursday so that way we could take call. We would rotate call on the weekends in case there was a call out or if we, um, we do disaster call which is where we get like huge number of patients into the hospital and you need all hands on deck. So they wanted somebody off on the weekend so that way we could rotate that call. So they <laughs> demoted her and then promoted me, yeah. And then I tell her they were demoting her. Mm. So when I came into my supervisor position, I was met with a ton of hostility. And yes, this person was an older white woman who had been with the organization for a long time. So it was a very um, tumultuous, probably, I was a supervisor maybe six or seven years, so maybe the first two years, very tumultuous. I mean, I finally just had some of my big girl panties on to have the conversation with, why don't, you know, why are you acting like this? I didn't tell them to take you out this position. I didn't tell them that I deserved it. You didn't deserve it. So we never became friends. I will not say it like that. Were we cordial? Absolutely. Could we work together? 
yes. But as far as going out for drinks or I work nights going for breakfast and mimosas and we got off from work, absolutely not. We came, we did a job and she would have Christmas parties. I would never be invited, which I was fine with. But as far as coming and doing the work, they knew I would come in. They knew I did the work. Um, and then I didn't show favoritism, which was something that this person did a lot. We had to make assignments for our own shift. So I would make it to where it was fair for everybody. Not who was my friend, who I wanted to have, you know, an easy night. If we were all going to have a shitty night, <laughs> we were all going to have a shitty night. If we could all have a good night, we would all have a good night. But I wasn't going to give somebody a light assignment just because they were my friend. And they knew that. And I guess that's how I got promoted over her. And unfortunately, this person did just get fired um, probably within the last couple months. Oh, well. <laughs> she wasn't just a terrible person, side note. So it's like overall, she just chaotic, mass pandemonium. So I mean, she kind of yeah, I don't like think that what she deserved, but yeah, it was a lot of pandemonium. And unfortunately, this person, um, her partner was a manager of um of a nursing unit, so it did cause a lot of confusion within the organization. It wasn't just our department, it was organizational confusion and a lot of disruption. Oh, yikes. Ooh, but we love a good ending. We love a good ending. Oh my. Um, I'll share my experience really quick. I have the last two jobs I had, there was actually an older, and Linda knows exactly who I'm about to talk about. There was an older, um, Hispanic woman she looked like she had to be in her solid 50s but her face looked like she was probably 80 um because of her soul inside of her um but she she was a listen she was a hawk-eyed little just batty old woman like constantly monitoring me about when I got back from lunch um was trying to push a lot of her work on to me um just would smile in my face and stab me in the back the ojs what a great song um so at the end of the day like i did end up i did end up releasing myself from that uh situation but yeah like i mean no one trusted her so that was that was nice so it was a that was a plus but that was unfortunate. And then at my second job, it was kind of like that bad luck followed me because there is another Hispanic woman, <laughs> but that wasn't 80, um, with a younger body. It was it was as if this woman like transferred herself into a younger body and then called herself Karen. I'm dead serious. Her <laughs> name was Karen. Um and this girl would ask about where I was going. She would constantly be trying to figure out what I was doing. Belmars is dying on, <laughs> on the other end of the phone. Um, and like it was it, it was too much, brah. Like she would she would tattletale on me. And I felt like I was back in kindergarten. So this is this is to say that like I know exactly like the games that and how low that women can get and I kind of I hate to see it you know but I mean when your name is Karen what else do you expect you know, I've not named Karen but she doesn't act like a Karen that's good <laughs> she's a crackhead she's an all-time crackhead 
No, why? Why did I know that Stewie was gonna come on here and set the record straight? She, he said she was a crackhead, but oh, she's not a but she's not a Karen. She's a crackhead. Is that better though? <laughs> Being a crackhead sell, like telephones for like ten dollars. Like, come on, you're begging people for money at the gas station. You're a crackhead. I've never seen. There's only one time I seen a mean crackhead, and she was a woman, and she uh went up to somebody, asked for some money. And they told her no. And she said, fuck you, bitch. That's why you got to go to work. You got a job. Ha, ha. You got a job. <laughs> I never heard of jo- having a job as a woman being an insult until New Orleans. When did being a crackhead become a flex? <laughs> Only in New Orleans. Only in oh, New Orleans. Yes, that's true. How do I segue from this? <laughs> How do I? So I guess we can talk about the pandemic. As you may know, affected so many different people so as as a result most of the jobs lost in the pandemic were jobs that women held so i guess one question is how has the pandemic impacted your work or your industry as a whole i will say healthcare was flipped upside down um as a recruiter from the administrative side, my my recruiting, if I had a 15 page or 15 question um, interview that I did, it was reduced to three. Do you have a good license? Can you work today? And how many shifts do you want to work? We, it completely changed everything we did. And then actually, probably for a lot of healthcare workers, especially frontline workers, it provided opportunities for them to go and make a of money traveling and taking contracts. Um, I still have a respiratory therapy license. I was getting text messages and emails. I think Texas was offering $93 an hour. Um, some other hospitals, you know, were offering more than 100. So for us, for me as a recruiter working in a hospital, it's created plenty of challenges for me because I can't compete with nurses making $110 an hour when the most I can offer is like maybe 40. Um, but for those who had that opportunity to go and travel and didn't have any restrictions, you know, for frontline workers, it actually provided an opportunity to, you know, go make good money, go travel, maybe make some connections in other states, and then just see how healthcare is so much different outside of Louisiana. We are very um, kind of stuck in our ways. <laughs> We're very far behind as far as other states when it comes to healthcare, um, just the technology, salaries how we do things, the everyday processes, we are just so far behind other states. Listen, <laughs> a word, preach. <laughs> I will say even Texas, there's, I mean, stark differences between Louisiana and Texas as far as healthcare. Yeah. And when the pandemic hit me, I was working in an oil petrochemical lab. So I'm thinking most of the changes, like, okay, everyone has to wear masks. Um, everyone has to like keep six feet apart. Um, and that, okay, we used to have a break room, but then a couple of our coworkers and pe- employees of the, of, a, of the job I worked at uh, got tested positive for Corona. So I'm thinking, okay, everyone has to eat in their car from now on. So it just kind of like made people a little bit more distant. So, and I guess we also have to work through because we're considered essential workers since we're part of the transportation industry. So when I was working oil and gas, just kind of changed the feel of the workplace. So now things are a little bit more digital. So we don't 
talk as much. I mean, kill a little bit of the social aspect of it, but I guess make sure people kept their distance. And I'm happy that people that would bit take uh, seriously their health, uh, washing their hands more and small things like that so we won't get sick. And I was happy I was not able to get the cold last year. So I think just wear your mask, keep your distance. Um, I do want to say something really quick that Balmars just brought up about the technology. Um, I have never been a participant in some of these Zoom calls, team calls about absolutely nothing. Um, it has become super micromanaged. Um, we, for people that could work at home, they would have them work at home, but it meant constantly being on teams, constantly showing your green um, here sign. If you took a break, they wanted to know why you weren't, you know, showing active on, on teams. Um, my organization was a huge Microsoft Teams type of place. So for those working at home, it became super micromanaged. And at that point, I was com complaining about not being able to work at home. But then I took it as a blessing because I don't like being micromanaged. And if all you need to do is see me come into my office, then so be it. So the whole sending me messages every 15 minutes was not conducive, at least not for me. Fair. Yeah, I agree. I hate micromanagement. The bane of my existence. Anyone else? Um, so since I work to ed for education, um, I had the bright idea of switching schools, thinking that, oh, COVID's going to be over, but we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Lies and deception. So I went from teaching middle school level to now elementary. All the fun stuff that I used to be over, field trips, gone. Um, I'm stuck in a room with 25 kids, and we always had 25, so I don't know where six feet came from. We did a lie. Um, can't have a lunch break. I'm stuck in the room with the kids the whole entire day. Um, and then, of course, you have those technology aspects. Um, and I think the biggest transition is parents are realizing last year was a fluke where a lot of districts didn't necessarily have plans for teaching virtually. For this year, there is a plan, and these kids are going to fail. Like, we have kids that don't go on, and that's just a problem nationally. Um, and then just seeing, the only good thing is, like, I'm seeing a role reduction, uh, because at my last school, I was also a coordinator for behavior intervention systems. Really don't have behavior problems if you're stuck in a desk all day and you're not allowed to really move. Uh, so that is a restriction. But the downside, some of the fun stuff that I did get to do, I don't get to do anymore. So, like, community liaison, college advisor, don't really get to do that. Can't have people come on our campus, can't do anything. So there's like a downside to it, but there's a plus size to it. Um, and I do have Zoom PTFD and Google Meets. Like I find myself saying, mute your mic, mute your mic. You can see your background. Your parents don't have any clothes on. Put some clothes on. If you don't have a shirt on, you see your chest. Like just forget it. I apologize to everyone like just afterwards this is like because I made you get on zoom my bad I'm sorry I I know I know now my mistake <laughs> oh man um I actually got my job in pandemic so I have not met any of my co-workers face to face in the flesh ever I haven't even met my supervisor and she keeps saying we're gonna meet up lies but anyway I have not met any of them it'll I'm coming up on a year in April um and we're not gonna be back in the office then so I'm gonna go a whole 365 days without ever having like breathe the same air as any of these people 
So it's been interesting. I'm I'm tired of Microsoft Teams and Zoom too. I'm not gonna lie to you, but it's basically become an integral part of the, our life. And it's not hard for me to do my job like online because all I do is basically social media. <laughs> At least right now, that's all I do, man. Right, right. Yeah. I'm trying to be mean. Technology makes you ageist because the old people, your old coworkers, they get on your nerves like, Lord, they don't know how to mute. They be all up in the camera like, huh? I, I don't see if it is it on. <laughs> <laughs> They forget to mute. They be like, "Yeah, I'm in this stupid meeting. I'm, I'm in this stupid meeting." And you're like, "Mute your mic." Old people make you mad. They don't know how to do anything. Listen, yes. I mean, with my previous lab, I teach them how to work different programs. Like we use this program called Zoho. People and thinking, "How oh, we use this thing?" And thinking, I mean, they're nice. They're nice, wonderful old people. The wonderful lab. They're ashy. No, he's actually a millennial. He's like 31, 32. He what? And this is how he behaves? No, he doesn't behave like that, but he does. No, I'm talking sex. about all the other things. <laughs> I mean, I can just tell stories about him. Like, why do I call him Dr. Ashy? We could have a whole like podcast about this man, but we digress. Yes. And um, I know B can add some stories as well. Yeah, B, do you have anything to add about pandemic affecting the, your job? Uh, yeah, well, before I actually got this job, my other lab job had to let me go due to the pandemic because of like financial cuts. Mm -hmm. So that kind of sucked. But before that, I worked from home. I was a tutor online. And let me just tell you, I don't have the patience. I don't have the patience. I used to tutor kids um when I was in college like part-time and it was fine but I can't tell you how many times like kids would log in and they'd be like oh I need help with my art homework it's writing a paper about this and this and it's just like dude my subjects are math science maybe a little bit of physics but like that's it like I can't help you with the rest and then they would report me because I wasn't helping them that's wild kids kids are vicious they're the absolute worst i'm sorry but they are like i don't know what these parents are are not doing but like i can't i can't i feel you i mean i haven't worked with kids in a hot second but my kid one of my fourth graders is a pimp i just found that out on computers last week when i was absent not a pimp Yes, he's telling all the little girls in the school, put your pussy on live, I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars. And they're doing it. I can't. Oh my god. Oh my god. Not another little boosy. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, he is. His Instagram was canceled by Mark Zuckerberger. So there you have it. That's right. So, Mark, you, Mark Zuckerberger, come get this other man. <laughs> come get this other man. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Okay, this is this seems like a good time to ask what an ideal work environment for you would be. Um, cause this ain't it. <laughs> oh, I guess I'll start first. One with preferred work life balance. Um, cause I know at my previous uh job where we work like five to six days a week and it was exhausting. Like I enjoyed the camaraderie, like some of the people I'm still tight with, like B and a couple other people I talk with, but I'm just thinking it's just exhausting. And there's a cap how much I will make financially. So 
I'm thinking, well, I shouldn't be trash my previous position, but um, uh, a good work-life balance and make sure people are competent and I guess a good diverse group. So I'm thinking, great, I never had Iraqi food. I love to try some kunafa, which is probably one of my favorite foods now. Um, uh, I'm getting paid well, or at least uh, safe enough. Um, and that people are team players and they understand like, okay, I see you coming late from your lunch break, but okay, you were stuck in traffic. So I won't say anything because you do your job and you're competent at your shit that you do. So that's my ideal work environment. Yes. Make these harpies get off your back. Anyone else? Um, or similar. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, similar to Belmar, it's just having that work-life balance. The good thing about working for a school is that we have all of these holidays um, to take advantage of. Like when I was in Houston, that Mardi Gras break. What is that? But you know, back at home, got that Mardi Gras break. Um, <laughs> and uh, just uh, having that. And but. I think I've never worked from home. I haven't done any of that. So ideally, if that's something that I would want to do, I won't know until I try. Maybe have a couple of days working remotely, a couple of days going in. Being in the tech industry, I don't think that'll be an issue, but I'll see whenever I get there. But just having all this off and downtime is fantastic, and I don't want to lose that. Even though I think I'll have to stick with the school systems here in Louisiana to have this specific type yeah. of balance that I have now. But... I don't know if I want to stick with them. I do for the holidays, not for the pay. I was about to say, for girl, because we ain't got no hunting season. Sorry. Not in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much that at the moment. But, I, you know, could change and probably will change. All right. Angelica, go ahead. Angelica. Sorry, I just want to say. <laughs> uh, so... Like I said, being my background is healthcare. I really wish, um, and this is healthcare as a whole in this country. I can't speak on other countries. Um, ideal work environment would actually be put the patient first, um, put their needs first, put the staff needs first. Um, California, one thing I realized when I was recruiting and talking to different nurses and nurses that would come back home from California, California kind of seems seem to have it figured out. Um, the ratios for patients to nurses were figured out. They were very strict about nurses taking their breaks. They were like, oh no, mm -mm. they would look at that clock and be like, give me your phone. I will watch your patients. We're here. There will be plenty of nights where I didn't take a lunch break. I probably didn't sit down. And it was 12 hour shifts. So from 7 p to 7 a of just being up on my feet all night. Um, picking up shifts to help out because we were always so short staffed. So I really wish that administration realized that in order to provide the best healthcare experience, you really do need to put the patient first. And by putting the patient first, you do have more staff. It's not always about saving a dollar or making a dollar. It's about, you know, really providing quality healthcare to everybody. But I know that's not the society we live in here in the state. Um, maybe other countries have that figured out, but I know here in the state. We are just a hot mess when it comes to health care. Oh man, healthcare. We can talk about that all day. Terrible. Yeah, Louisiana, unfortunately, healthcare and education, we will chunk that. <laughs> we will chunk them bitches in a heartbeat if it means saving money other places. We are just, just, just pitiful sometimes here in Louisiana, just absolutely pitiful. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. JD, Stewie, Brianna, V. Hmm. Nope. All good. All right. Well, um, what you what you say? I miss my performance pay. I want my paid professional development from outside entities. I miss my money. Like I think almost everybody in education in the state of Louisiana is forced to do teach in person and teach virtual, which is basically planning for two separate classes and nobody has a pay increase. You're stuck on your pay step. So, and there's no bonus, but you're in class with like 28 kids that can't keep a mask on. Um, Wonderful. What? Aren't you glad we made the Louisiana purchase, everyone? Aren't you just so excited? <laughs> um, how about, okay, so let's talk about this. Since we're all kind of bringing up problems in our industries, um, if there was, if you could fix any one problem facing specifically women in, your, in the workforce that you're in, like the industry that you're in, et cetera, like what would it be and why? Hmm. women all i can't really think of the sip of women i guess probably more tampons in the back room (laughs) (laughs) which will be nice because i remember a time when i was working a lab with toxicology and i was the only girl on the ship because my one supervisor was a woman left and it was like a night shift i fucking hate night shifts with a passion yeah, yeah, night shifts are the worst, and no tampons. It was that time of the month, so I had to like go across the street and it was in Baytown, and so it's kind of weird at night because like Shell Station, a lot of guys around there have to go to the Shell gas station to go get tampons, and they only had the wooden cap, the cardboard applicator, so that was a fun experience. <laughs> Oh no. Oh my. And then I have to go call someone and say, congratulations, you tested positive. For, your baby tested positive for cocaine because we get like emergency tests. I didn't last long on that job. Also, fuck that job. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was loud. Um, <laughs> B, did you, you unmuted. Did you have something to say? Oh, um, oops, oops. Uh, I mean, kind of, yeah, similar. Like, I guess like more like comfortability for women in the workplace. Uh, especially uh, there was a job I worked at right out of college. I was an observer. And let me tell you on the fishing boats, toxic masculinity, like no joke. So it was whenever I would go up on boats, they'd look at me and be like, oh, hey, like, where's our observer? Like, just like, I'm right here. I'm, I'm right here. And whenever they'd be like, well, you better not cause any issues. You know, I don't want you causing any issues, but like with, you know, my guys. And I'm just like, dude, I'm here to do my fucking job. But anyway, yeah, I guess just, you know, more equality, like, I guess, like, kind of more fairness for women, just because, like, we come up, we kind of look not, maybe just because we don't look like we can do our job doesn't mean we can't, so. Fair, exactly. JD, you unmuted, you wanted to say something? Sure, Um, I think something that would be beneficial for women um, in the legal field, the ability to form mentorship connections, Um, This is something that my law school alma mater has been really adamant about. I get all the emails. Um, It's it's a lot. 
But I think what makes it so difficult to do in the legal field, like being a mentor to someone else, that's a big time commitment. And selflessly giving your time, which is often used for billable hours to say help rear a student who's trying to understand the concept of torts, like it's not necessarily conducive and it's not framed, I think in the best light. So I would say personally, having someone you can go to because as a woman of color, you know, in any field, it has its challenges, but especially I would say in the legal field, because there's a certain song and dance you have to do. I remember when I was at my law school orientation, they had this whole, well, it was a half day, a half day completely dedicated for women as far as professional dress, um, like the importance of lipstick, like wearing lipstick, um, when you go to interviews, like you should have a lip color on, um, like hair maintenance, like all of it. So in the legal field, it's very antiquated and gendered. Um, so I would say if we're trying to help um, women, you know, attain as much as they can, allowing mentorship connections to form with both men and women, without necessarily the, the concern that you have a male mentor applying for ill motives, you know, like see me as a human being in the same field as you trying to learn what she can, you know, not someone for you to hopefully not take advantage, you know, like, please don't do that, but just the ability to have um, someone who's willingly helping you. I think that would be beneficial, but that's very difficult, I would say, in the legal field. Yeah. Wow, man. A whole se se seminar on what lip color to wear to an interview. Can you believe it? <laughs> well, another thing I want to add is probably a better protection against sexual harassment for women in the workplace. Because when I work clinical trials, I've had to work one-on-one -on -one with patients. And some of them are have have to be pretty flirted with me, which has made me pretty much uncomfortable because I was doing this low testosterone study. I was working with this one patient and he was walking behind me. I was wearing scrubs and thinking, I'd say, oh, is there something wrong? So like, oh no, I just like you walk, you look very sexy. So I'm thinking, okay. And then I was taking his blood pressure and it was lower than it was like, oh, I guess you don't turn me on the way you used to. Yeah, so mm -hmm. probably more protection or an HR. Because it was like a mom, pa, there's really no HR department for me to report that to. Yeah. Can I, can I hop in really quick? Because yes. I think I think Bell Mars, you make a great point, right? So one of the one of the really great things about the resurgence of the, the Me Too movement, it provided visibility to all these subtleties that sexual assault and harassment can, you know, inhibit, right? It's not okay. just something that you're seeing on TV. It could be something as small, like the fact that this guy was like, oh, I guess you don't turn me on. What? In right, what you don't world? do the same as you used to to me while I was taking right? the like, that is That is ridiculous. And I think now, you know, the the, the curtain has been moved and, and this is being shown, you know, and it's, and it's very unfortunate. And I think there's some legislation, there has to be something, you know, happening. I think perhaps at a, at a macro level, this is getting attention, but it's more so how can we get this effective on a micro level? And that's where, you know, like you said, legislation comes into play, but 
but it's 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 garnering attention and people are having the conversation and I don't think that should be discredited um, but I'm sorry you've had to endure that endure that you know you shouldn't have to have dealt with something like that in the slightest Mm. agreed um kind of piggybacking off of a couple things i think the biggest thing that at least i would like to see from employers every employer has an affirmative action plan almost every industry has a a desperate impact on either women more specifically uh people that aren't white because when you say women they automatically think white women uh, when they do their hires but they, when they do their affirmative action plans, they have to break it down for race also. So my thing is they need to go ahead and keep that same energy. If you can go ahead and hire me as a black woman on your lower levels, then you need to have some type of pipeline to let me uh, get to the tops of your organization. If you don't have it, then your organization, especially how you're doing your, um, how you're attracting your top candidates, you need to go ahead and throw it away and restart it all over. Don't tell me that there's not enough qualified applicants. Don't tell me that women don't want to go ahead and apply. You're being fucking lazy. You want to go ahead, hire somebody that you think is your homeboy that is fucking stupid and can't read. I need you to go ahead and do your job. Mm-hmm. Make it possible. Do the work. If you can go ahead, like, just just think about it. If people can go ahead and scour the country or scour the world for rare minerals and different talents, if they're like an athlete, you can do the same thing. Like with the organization, especially if it's internally, you just got to go ahead and put the legwork in. Don't make excuses. Definitely agreed. Agreed, agreed. Does anybody else have any? Does anybody else want to? I do. I would love to see um, just different maternity leave policies. Mm. Um, currently, at my job, we do get twelve weeks of maternity leave. Now, there's a kicker to that. It's not paid maternity leave. We only have one bank for vacation time. So basically, I would have to fund my maternity leave myself. We do offer short-term disability, but let's say I wanted to have a baby next year, I would have to sign up for short-term disability this year in order for it to be active next year and then use it then. But I would just love to see some type of maternity leave protection. more than just the 12 weeks, because I can promise you nobody is bonded with the baby. Nobody wants to come back to work after 12 weeks of pushing a living human being out of your vagina. Nobody wants to come back and be stressed, worried about who's watching my baby, if you can find reliable childcare. Um, that is a huge struggle for parents, especially now that most parents are working. You know, it's a two, two-parent household that a lot of parents, both parents are working. Gone are the days of one parent staying at home and able to raise kids. So I think, you know, just having that opportunity to stay home a little bit longer with your baby because three months, I promise you, I don't have kids, but I just feel like three months is such a short, short time frame to just hand your baby over to a complete stranger 40 hours a week. So I would love to see more maternity leave and even um, paternal leave. I think right now they might let dads take off two weeks it's sad at my job, but two weeks is still such a, you know, such a short time span, especially when babies are changing so quickly and you want to be there for those moments. I mean, two weeks is just a drop in the hat when they're that small. Mm-hmm. 
agreed that that's not nearly enough time especially like two weeks for a dad like i'm trying to get this man to love this baby so i won't be the one to do everything jesus <laughs> yeah, the traditional man woman household because i'm thinking what about those of the lbgt parents i'm thinking okay well if you have two moms but if you have two dads are you trying to say you're only going to give them four weeks to be with their baby no. exactly. or even if you're a traditional you know man woman household and you adopt a baby or you foster you know you have kids that may not be necessarily babies coming into your household how does that you know how did how does your job take that into account you still have to get these children acclimated to your home if they haven't been a part of your family so I mean it's just a lot I think we could do as a country to try to revamp that whole system yeah definitely Linda did you want to chime in or that's one of the reasons why the tech industry is looking like a winner, um, a lot of the companies I looked at have these really good, um, just like, uh, just unlimited PTO or, you know, have four months, six months of paid maternity leave or something like that for paternity leave as well. Just if you're adopting, um, they have some time for that to even bond. So one of the reasons why I'm looking, I think even now Shell Oil, they have four months for both maternity and paternity. I could be mistaken, but I believe that's also something that they've done. So I think as far as like the tech industry, they're, you know, trying um, to kind of get that. But as a whole in this country, um, we do need to be better, better with um, uh, maternity and paternity care. But uh yeah, just kind of everything that everybody said, um, I agree with, and I think we have a long way to go, but I think we are, you know, making the strides, getting there, so we just got to keep on going and pushing. Um, and then one more thing, kind of tying into maternity leave, but also be like breast pumping room. I can't tell you how many friends I had that had to go pump in the bathroom or found an empty patient room to go pump in because we did not have designated pump stations like or designated places for me moms to go pump. Um, I've also had friends that, I had a friend, a really good friend of mine who would come to work and she would bleed every shift because she was so worried if she went out early on bed rest, she wouldn't get her full 12 weeks um, because they would start her time as the time she went out on um, bed rest and that would be counted towards her 12 weeks. So just some things to think about. Every day this country shows its ass. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the only thing I have to contribute to this is I agree with everything everybody else said. Um, um, I mean, I think I've recently had a couple of issues with like, I mean, technically he's older than me, but he's not a senior. I was hired before him but he has more work experience and so I think they handled it fairly well but like I don't know I think it's just this like this um I don't know how to like phrase this but basically like when you go to HR with something or you go to a supervisor with something as a woman like and you're filing a complaint against a man like you need to I think like it doesn't get taken as seriously or it kind of gets brushed under the rug you know like that's a thing that happens a lot um I can say personally that that did not happen for me but like 
that's because I wasn't gonna let it happen for me. Let me tell you that right now, because that man was belittling me, and we don't belittle Nikki Alley in this house, no, ma'am. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, like I agree with like the sexual harassment, like like things like I've had. I've not experienced it personally, but like I've had like coworkers in like the marketing departments I've been to have gone to trade shows, and have been blatantly harassed by men because of this idea that there needs to be a booth girl. Like I like kind of what JD was talking about earlier with like how law school is so antiquated and how like, oh, you have to look a certain way when you're in marketing and you're like out at certain events, like you need to wear makeup, you have a uniform, heels are required. Um, and it's like, if you can't answer the questions, it's fine. Like just bash your eyelashes and be pretty because like that's you're the you're the reason that the people are coming to the booth. And majority of the time that's men, especially in oil and gas. So a lot of the times like they would just have these like booth girl things and there's this like mentality that it's just kind of like, oh, I can say whatever I want to you and you're not going to do anything because, you know, you're basically a representation of the company. And like if you dare speak up against me, especially if I'm higher up in another company, like you're going down. So it's just this it's just the kind of those two things. There needs to, I feel like there needs to be more job security. Like if a sleazy like man says something out of pocket to me, like I should be able to slap him in the face. And if I can't slap him in the face, like I should be able to report him and be like, and be assured that I will be heard. So I agree with all that. That is great. Um, I'm going to wrap up the questions because I don't want to keep y'all here forever, but I let's, we're going to ask Belmar's question. And then one more question from me. Um, what is the most interesting day that you've ever had at your workplace? And that could be any workplace you've ever been in. Um, well, not, I think I already told the possum, that I told the possum story. <laughs> and we all were like cat food in a cage. Cool. <laughs> And then there's another one also in the lab. So it's probably one of the pettiest I ever been. So it was on Christmas last year. Mm-hmm. And so we both to fill out these secret Santa things. Mm-hmm. So this person, he had two weeks to fill it out. So That's he true. did not. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, he didn't say what he wants. He wants to make it a secret. Doc, Mr. Pasta Sauce, um, he's lazy. So I thought, okay, I asked around one of my friends that work with me. They, oh, yeah uh he actually likes metallica so i'm thinking i'm gonna put it in victoria's secret bag yes so so i was thinking should i go with this or should i not go with this so i was thinking about it go with it (laughs) so a lot of people say go with it then a lot of people another person no don't go with it because you know since it is like it's a minority-owned company a lot of people from india it's probably the first year they've been in america I'm thinking, no, he has a license. He can drive. He's been in America long enough. So I decided to go with it. So I put it in Victoria's Secret bag, but first actually wrapped it in, in Christmas paper. And then I put it in a box and then wrapped it in Christmas paper another four times. And I put it in a Victoria's Secret bag and I gave it to him. I said, you want to make it a secret? And I actually recorded him opening the present. And I actually sent it to a couple of my friends to show my act of pettiness. I'm thinking, if you're going to fill up a Secret Santa thing, fill it out. Don't make it a secret. I mean, I hear I'm like Sherlock Holmes trying to figure out what he wants for Secret Santa. And then here I am. It was probably great because everyone got a laugh out of it. I did. <laughs> I had a good time. <laughs> oh, anyone else? 
when I used to do diversity work, we had the Ku Klux Klan show up because they wanted their state flag to not be taken away. That was interesting. Oh. Uh, and they showed up not only with their robes on in broad daylight like at, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon, they also came with children. Working at a university has always been interesting because you had two types of people coming to the university I uh, worked at. When the they uh because the state of Mississippi tried to get rid of the Confederate flag, they just got it done. Uh, but the flagship universities are the first ones to do it, at least the predominantly white institutions, the HBCUs never really had that problem. Uh, so when we just talked about it, they're like, nope, states' rights, we're coming up, fuck you, die, nigger. Um, <laughs> then we had incidents with the news, and I was I was trying to get the kids to uh snitch because we had the FBI come down because they put a noose on a statue um at the University of Mississippi. And I was like, hey, that's $50,000. You don't have to report them. But if you want to tell me who did it, we can keep it in between us. So we had a lot of fun times. And then we also had the uh, the crazy Jesus people, the uh, burning hell, no, burning hell uh, gospel ministries. Mm. That's real church. Um, they give you little, like little pamphlets and they tell you uh, we're all going to die. Um, you need to join their sect of religion. Um, they bring their children. They scream with you with bullhorns. Um, if you walk with your friends, I remember I was walking with a coworker. They're like, oh, so are you buddies? Are you lesbians? You're going to hell. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, always interesting at the University of Mississippi. Oh my God. <laughs> so I've told Linda plenty of times because she loves to hear my hospital stories, especially working nights, you know, when the only things open according to um that guy, whatever his name is, Chris Lee, the only things open after midnight are like legs and hospitals. And that's true. Um, we would see all kinds of things. Um, I've had a few interesting stories. I was at work twice. Um, two nights, a few years apart, but I've been at work when they've had shootings at the hospital, but that's always a fun time. Um, let's see, we had a college professor, so um Stewie this kind of should make you laugh. We had a college professor. And when you think of college professors, you think of highly educated people, people, this person was not highly educated. Um, he came from a couple states away because he came to our yard because he had an eggplant stuck up his ass. And he said the reason that it was stuck is because he read that eggplants contain a lot of fiber. So our goal was to try to figure out why wouldn't you just eat it? <laughs> like, you know, you, you, you didn't have to ingest it that way. You, you could have simply just stewed it, sauteed it, you know, did all kind of stuff, but um, probably one of the most interesting nights, um, both nights were in the ER, a doctor's wife came up to the ER and she came with a crowbar because she wanted to know which bitch she was sleeping with and was ready to break her ass and his. And then unfortunately I was at work one night and nurse OD, um, she um, I think had a heroin addiction and was a really well hidden heroin addiction. And she actually OD'd in the ER. She survived, um, went through therapy and treatment but um, very shocking for everybody. So I will say hospitals, kind of like Grey's Anatomy, there's a lot of people sleeping with each other. I will say that Grey's Anatomy got it right there, um, but you really don't know what's gonna walk in through the doors. Get it, a whole eggplant. Who is gonna follow that up? the whole eggplant or people people really do put pvc pipes up their butt and put a hamster up there that actually is a very common practice oh. it's more common than you think it would be oh uh, uh, okay all right 
<laughs> I mean, I no. Mel Mars. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could go on. I could probably do a whole segment just on stories I have from working. Oh my god. Okay, well, JD, did you you had something to say? I mean, honestly, anything I was gonna say, it just pales in comparison to what was just said. Like, um, um well, okay, well, here it is. I'll just throw throw my story in. So um I had a, a TA position. Uh, last summer so like summer 2020 and it was only three weeks and it was through zoom so it was completely virtual and I was a TA and there was this other TA and um, basically one of the students in the program I'm convinced because we we had to monitor the students and so they had a legal writing class and so they were broken up into into rooms through zoom and I was helping this one team and they just weren't getting the assignment. And I was trying to help them because I tried to empathize with people. And I was like, I know what it's like to not know how to do legal writing. It's a whole thing. Let me help you. And perhaps, you know, I had too much zeal, too much vigor. And so um, I'm convinced one of those students told another student that I was just being like an atrocious human being by trying to help them, i.e. do my TA job. So this student took it upon herself to email the other TA and CC the program director and say, hi, so a lot of the students have had an issue with Miss JD here because she's condescending, hypercritical, and we don't feel safe going to her when we have all of these issues. What can we do to best resolve this issue? And so I was amazed because this issue came to me from the supervisor and the TA. Um, luckily, nothing came of it because the supervisor knows me. We have a previous working relationship with one another. So she knew that this claim was unwarranted. But had I not built that rapport with the supervisor, like this really could have been a very bad tarnish um, like on my personhood and character, which is untrue, like these claims, but that was pretty salacious. Um, and I never really got closure because, because the supervisor was like, okay, hey, I know you, I don't think this fits your bill of description. She felt no need to say, have a conference with the student who brought this issue forward in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I never really got closure on the matter. I guess the only security I was supposed to have in that scenario is that I wasn't you know, fired from this job for some sort of, you know, salacious reason, which I guess is, you know, my peace of mind, but I was very hurt for some time. I was like, wow, you're just writing up a whole email disparaging my character. You feel comfortable and confident enough to do that with many typos, might I add. <laughs> That's right. Get that jab in. But, but, you know, people are feeling really bold and she wanted to be heard. And I don't know, maybe she was having a bad day. So, you know, who, who can say, but that's, that's mine, but that's not even that, that was lame. So well, I actually have another story about with a fire. So it was just me working the lab, doing my job. And then Dr. Ashy was burning a sample and then a flame came up because so he he's ashy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I did told him, I offer him some cocoa butter. He said he refused because he's not a lady. I'm not sure if it's just a him thing or an Iranian thing or a toxic masculinity thing. So, and a flame came up 
I mean, I said, it's supposed to flame. No, it's not supposed to flame. It's okay, fine. And then he put it again and the flame goes up again and he just puts it out. He just looks at me like, I'm a bad boy and I like to play with fire. I'm thinking, oh my God, this man's insane. You're supposed to, you want me to believe that this man has a PhD. (laughs) And I ran, I don't know. He went to Masterpiece College. He went to ICDC. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he went to like the University of Phoenix to get his chemistry degree. He also taught as a professor. So him just fucking up in lab was the prize. He also came what's up to school? Sh- lab what's in school? shorts. Toronto um, University. Uh, I think University of Tehran. Mm. We can't even call it a verify that. He's probably lying. He was teaching um, an online class at Trump University. <laughs> Ashiness 101. That's right. Show yeah, I did say add some lotion because your skin is an OSHA violation. Listen. And he just waved me off. But Belmars is trying to keep everybody safe, okay? Yeah, because other people in the lab got it because I'm thinking gave it to one of my other friends who's, Pakistan, who's from Pakistan. He accepted it. He said, great. Lotion's important because you want to protect your skin. So. I hate this man. Um, <laughs> does any, I guess I'll, I'll tell my story. Um, this is actually not from any of my this was actually when I was in college I was working at a daycare and kids are the darnest um but I uh I was working in a room with a whole bunch of three-year-olds and it was the end of the day we were sitting in a circle for story time I don't even remember what story we were reading but like I was on the other side of the the circles don't have sides but I was (laughs) I was sitting across from um the 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 head teacher who was reading I was like a like a student assistant or whatever um and it was me one other girl and this other teacher and there was this little like African we called him African prince because like the the head teacher like knew his mom personally and so she was allowed to discipline him that is going to come later in the story so (laughs) that is important so like we were sitting he was like real excited because it's six o'clock his parents are coming right we're like wiggling all over the place he's like sitting in my lap I'm like Indian style he's like all over the place he's like getting up and then like plopping back down and like dancing there's no music so it doesn't make any sense but he's a child and it's cute it was cute until he turned around and smashed his face into my crotch and so I (laughs) of course my initial reaction is to scream and shove myself backwards away from the baby because there's a baby's face in my crotch that's not right (laughs) so the head teacher of course pretty much throws the book snatches the the kid up and whacks him on the bottom (laughs) and of course I don't know whether to be horrified about the fact that there was a kid's face near my privates or the fact that he just got whacked in front of me by someone who is not his parents and so I'm like do I like report this do I like (laughs) what do I do but she was like no and like she explained it to the mama and the mama was upset of course like we don't do those things and i have been traumatized ever since the end (laughs) you have an interesting story to share on a boot about the lab (laughs) b uh i mean I would say not really that much from the lab. I mean, just like getting cut off a lot just seems to be like a common thing for supervisors to do to labs. But on the boat, I would say 
Und uh, we got, one of the doors came off the nets and they were deep trawling. Uh, so when the door like just came off, like the chain just snapped, the boat went from like being leveled to just like tilting to one side, like listing. And I was supposed to go out there and like do my job. And I'm literally like smacking into the side of the boat because I can't get my bearings. And so I'm just like, fuck it. I'm not going, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> But like for most of the night, the boat was just sitting in the water like this because they had to like manually go in, fuse chains together and like turn the boat around to like pull the net back into the boat. And it was a whole big thing. And then we had to go back into port for to like get them to like, cause part of the net, then they found out got stuck in the propeller. So then we were just kind of like chugging along slowly all the way to port and it took all night to get there. And the captain was pissed the entire time because we spent the entire night not working. And I'm just sitting there like, well, I'm getting paid by the hour. I'm doing paperwork. I'm still getting <laughs> And this guy was like, he also like, what pissed me off is like, sometimes captains don't realize as an observer, we're not part of their crew. So we can help out if we have the time, but we're not obligated to. And so this guy was giving me such a hard time for like not cooking. I would clean up after myself, but he would give me a hard time for not cooking for him or like the rest of the crew. And I'm just like, I don't do that. I don't, that's not my job. He literally comes in, throws down like a manual on the table. And he's like, I need you to read this. So that way you can tell me how, like to help me to fix this. And then he just leaves. And I'm just like, pushes the manual away from me and goes back to what I'm doing. So I was just, Oh my gosh, it was, I would say like that, I think that was the second to last boat trip because I technically wasn't even supposed to be on that boat trip because one of the coordinators was gone. He gave me that trip. He was gone for two weeks and then he came back and he's like, oh, we have this boat that's been waiting for an observer. So like I go out and then because I was a level one observer, we weren't supposed to go on deep trawling and they're like, all right, we're going to do this. And then we're going to go deep trawl. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not cleared for that. And they're like, well, it's too late. And then they just left with me. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm on like, I'm on my sad phone. I'm just like, Hey, so they're deep trawling. And they're like, you're not supposed to be on that boat trip. That boat trip wasn't for you. That was for somebody else. And I'm like, well, so-and-so said it was fine. And I'm pretty sure that cost him his job too, but <laughs> you fucked up the audacity of these captains i know it's it's so like and that's probably that's not even the worst of it i was told by a vietnamese couple repeatedly that oh i shouldn't be doing this i should be working in an office so i can find myself a husband <laughs> stay out <of> my business <laughs> <laughs> so no wife <laughs> i don't know like they're very they're vietnamese are very like old-fashioned they would show me like scroll through their phone like showing pictures of their huge families at like Christmas gatherings and things like that I'm like oh you have such a pretty family and they're like well where's yours and I said oh I don't I don't have any kids and I would show them pictures of like my parents cats and I'd be like I have a cat and they're like but no boyfriend and I'm like no but no no you don't want that and I'm like not right now and they're like well you need to have that so you can have a family and I'm just like Have succulent plants. <laughs> uh, Say all my business. Just, just to piggyback off of what B said, um, patients will come in a hospital, especially older patients, mm -hmm. and say the same thing. I'll be 35 in a, about a month and a half. And I mean, people would say that all the time about you need a family, you need a man, you need a this, you need a that. Like, 
I got batteries and I got my own house and my own car. I think I'm good right now. And I drink my water, I stay hydrated, mind my business. And yeah, when that when that time comes, it'll come because yeah, no need to rush it. <laughs> That's right. Mind your business. Linda, do you have anything? <laughs> oh, yeah, so I know. I still remember when I was in school uh, at UNO and I went to Walmart and it was Mother's Day and the cashier was like, happy Mother's Day. And I was like, oh, I don't have any kids. And she was like, don't wait too late. I'm like, man, I'm 20. What are you talking about? Um, but as far as like a crazy day at work, uh, well, so when I was working in Houston, at the um, in business development and marketing department, one of the events that we did um, at the end of the year was something called the Nutcracker Market, and it was this uh, fun, fun, fun time for us to work. We would have to get up and set up outside. It was outside where we were um, at like four in the morning. And the last time we did it in 2019, it was raining so hard and it was so cold. And me and my other two coworkers, we were in like our own cars and we were just texting each other, like, oh, we still have to do this. And then our um, director told us that we did. So we had to go out and like set up in the rain cold. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. And then COVID happened. So we didn't do it last year. Uh, but that wasn't cool. Um, and then recently at my new job, because um, I'm in the tech part, I guess, if anything goes down, um, any sort of software or something really that's out of our control, of course, we're going to get like the brunt of it. So at the beginning of last week, there was a Microsoft um, issue that went down. So we were getting all those calls and emails. And then we had something where all of the students' accounts were disabled. So all 1,100 students' accounts were disabled. They couldn't get in to do anything. So we kept getting those emails and calls. And some parents um, just think that their kids are just, you know, the perfect little angels that they are. And it's like, I mean, we, I don't, there's 1100 of y'all calling us and emailing us saying that y'all can't get in. We're trying to work on it. It's not us. It's another, you know, outside system. And they're like, well, we pay all this money. And I'm like, well, I can give you a number to call the company that really screwed up has made us. Um, so that was last week. And then we had a bomb threat. So that was also fun. Uh, um, so it's yeah it was one thing after the other last week but we got everything resolved we had no boss that was good uh but yeah that was that was just last week I'm still trying to like get over that uh, we had to reset all of the students passwords some students hadn't changed their passwords since they started school I'm like how have you gone through without changing you're supposed to change it every three months they're like oh I just go around it like how are you doing that uh I'm like someone's gonna hack into your system one day just take all your information but change the grades yeah 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 change, yeah, change your grades I'm like oh no 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 we're gonna get you I'm not gonna be able to do that but yeah it's always something uh and I've only been there for two months and it seems to be like always something new like brand new that happens that no one knows nothing about I'm like okay maybe it's something that I did when I came that I brought on because Y'all keep saying that none of this has happened before and all of a sudden all of this has gone wrong. And I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't understand. But yeah. The South is unbeatable as far as just, just nonsense. <laughs> Woohoo. Um, all right. To close it off, uh, the last question I have is 
are you working in the job and or field that you thought you would be as a child? <laughs> I'll, no. I'll go, no, neither do I. Yeah, no. no. I thought I'll probably be like a veterinarian. I thought I'll be a pet doctor. I didn't then, know that about you, Belmars. That's so cute. Because <laughs> my mom had lots of animals. <laughs> I know Stewie has a lot of stories about that because she had like dogs and cats and turtles and she gave me two birds but the first bird that I had like died on the first day and the other one other died and then my other sister Riri she's not here with us she's always what about a what down is a what (laughs) her bird was murdered it was murdered her younger sibling squeezed the bird and put a pill aspirin in particular down its throat so and then I thought I'll be a people doctor then I realized how much school and how much money would take so now but I'm thinking the most important one is make sure people are safe and following protocol so I think that's the coreness of helping people and keeping people safe I'm keeping that with industrial hygiene so I'm actually satisfied that I'm working in the field I am in I hopefully continue going on this path and um yeah, we'll see where it goes. Exactly. So I thought, um, I remember being maybe in like the fourth or fifth grade and I went to a Catholic school and one of our classes was to actually go to the library once a week. It was like library, it was a class. And so I was going through like a career book and they talked about different careers and how much money the person made. I came across plastic surgeon and they were like plastic surgeons and back like in the 90s was making like 1.2 million. I was like, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a millionaire, I'm gonna be fixing noses and titties all day. I'm good, like that's what I want to do. And then they were like, well, you have to go to four years of college, four years of med school, and then like a five or six year residency for plastics. And I was like, I'll be old and gray by the time I finish school. I'm good. And then probably my first real idea of a job was to become a nurse. Um, I was People are like, if you like hospitals and you like healthcare, you should be a nurse and you need to be like a nurse practitioner or work with the anesthesiologist and become um, a nurse anesthetist. So I started looking at that, but again, it was the whole four years of college, nursing school, and then working to get experience to go on to one of those different routes. And um, just looking at my mom, my mom is a pharmacist. I was like, I do pharmacy. She likes pharmacy. She's been successful at it. It seems like a really good career path. So pharmacy was probably the one I set my goal on when I went to college. Um, but everything, like like everybody says, all the plans go astray. So I'm happy I'm in healthcare. I think it's really been good for me to be in healthcare. And I've kind of got to experience different um, types of fields um, within healthcare that are also just not strictly related to healthcare, like supply chain or human resources. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy and kind of in the healthcare scene. So I think I've kind of landed where I thought I was going to be. Awesome. Yay. Well, I'll go. I wanted to be a singer. And I was like seven. <laughs> I was seven. Somebody told me I could sing well. And I'm like, that's it. I'm going to be a singer. And then I realized that like, they don't get no privacy. And <laughs> I was like, just kidding. I like 
having my own business and you not being in it. Stay out my business. And so I decided that I did not want to be a singer. Um, I don't know like how I, I don't even know how I got there. I was just kind of like, no, that's not for me. Um, and I can't even tell you like in college how I got to, not how I got to creative writing, but like just how I was like, what am I going to use this for? I don't know. I just like these two subjects. That's it. So I have, I went from, I'm going to be a singer to, I don't know what I'm going to do, probably write books, but like, it's not going to be singing for me. So anyone else? I um, wanted to I work go with, really go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, I wanted to swim with dolphins when I was little. That's beautiful. <laughs> I know and then and then I learned about them more in college and then it's like oh they actually rape divers so (laughs) what (laughs) they are the rapists of the sea they are are. really quick story I went on a cruise a few years back and one of our excursions was to swim with the dolphins and they put us in a tank like or an open area with like a baby dolphin and they said the baby dolphin was maybe two or three hundred pounds but they said the alpha male was like 700 pounds. And I told them I didn't want to get raped by a dolphin, half half dolphin, half human baby. That was a real story I had as an adult when I went to Mexico. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That was great. I loved everything about that story. <laughs> and in fact, my parents have a picture at their house of me kissing the dolphin. Oh, <laughs> you could have had mermaids. I'm good. I'm good. Angelica. So good. Angelica. So good. <laughs> so I was gonna say really quick and Stewie and Linda might laugh at this one of my biggest um drivers for me being successful was I did not want to live under the Claiborne Bridge when I was growing up in New Orleans that was like a huge fear factor for me and my parents were like you have two parents that love you in a house that you can always live in why would you feel like you'll end up under the Claiborne Bridge I don't know what about the Claiborne Bridge made me think I would live there but I was like I'm gonna end up under the Claiborne Bridge if I don't make enough money and it was either that I was either gonna live in East Dover or I was gonna live under the Claiborne Bridge. It was like no in-betweens of just having a normal regular life. It was like one extreme to the other. And to this day, I'm like, okay, I'm not under the Claiborne Bridge, so I'm doing okay. That's right. That's a great measuring stick. Just, I'm not under a, the specific bridge. It's not even a bridge, it's this bridge. So I am okay. <laughs> You had mom during her good period in life. Mom set me up. So when I was younger, <laughs> I watched rap videos and I decided when kick people asked me what I would be, I'd be like a motherfucking hustler. Duh. I'm about to get money. I'm about to have cars. And they would ask me this and never told me that's like a real thing. So if it wasn't for me like being a part of like uh enrichment programs and like gifted and talented programs, I would have never knew the possibility because street life was always there. Cause even in high school, I'm like, ooh, money okay great so I didn't even like like even me going to college is like cool great they're like you test high do you care no I didn't even go to school I would leave school and not go like I didn't care but I made like I was I graduated top five like school was easy so like college has been like huh okay you want me to do this I'll do it I can do it like I did law school for a year and a half decided I didn't want to do it was I bad at it no just didn't want to do it so education, I guess, kind of fell into that because um, I'm like working with kids like me and I like the competitive nature of it. I like the freedom of kind of creating what I want to go ahead and create. <coughs> and there go demon dog. 
<laughs> I was like, at first I thought that was Munchie. And I'm like, why is Munchie screaming like that? And then I realized that it was Pussy. <laughs> she escaped out the crate and looked at the couch. So that way she could look at the people getting into the cars and bark. That's mm. the only bad thing about dogs. Like, overall, dogs are better than cats, but they do bark at this. Dogs are great. Great. Anyone else have any Katie? childhood dreams? Um, I well, I actually wanted to like become a lawyer. Um, I love so it. So um, I guess. Well, well, I'm not. I'm not practicing. So, I, well, I guess maybe for me a better a better way to phrase this is, uh, like, I'm like ninety percent where I wanted to be but the 10 percent that i'm missing it's like a big chunk so I, i'm very much like adjacent um but i don't know i didn't think i'd be like sitting here questioning whether this was something i wanted to do mm-hmm. um like at this point in my life so i don't know this is sort of that's sort of a loaded question for me right now and I think we don't have enough time to delve into that, uh, seeing as how this is the end of your lovely podcast. So, yeah. Fair, fair. Um, we all feel like that at some point. It's fair. Like, just be like, am I doing the right thing? It's all right. It's all right. Linda, did you have a childhood dream? Uh. Oh, gosh, I went through so many. So I don't know, dentist, dermatologist, radiologist, chef. I'm like, how did I get from there and there and there? Uh, as you notice, three of those involved medical school or dentistry school and then chef. Um, uh, and then when I got to high school, I worked and I helped us. So I think that's where my love for tech started coming in. Um, and even throughout college with me getting my psychology degree, I think in the back of my mind, I still knew that tech is where I would want to be. So I think I'm on the path to getting where I want to be currently, not there yet, but on that path. Yay. Well, listen, everybody is um, in society's view doing a lot better than me because everybody else is in school. And I'm like, screw school. <laughs> I didn't go back to school. I got a master's and I might be using it. Hey, so I didn't even school. get a master's. I just said a bachelor's is it. That's it. Everybody said when I graduate, they're like, are oh, you going to get a mat? No. Are you going to pay for my master's? <laughs> no. Oh, gracious. Well, that's where we're going to close it off. Uh, we This is usually when we take a break, y'all um and come back and do something fun but i realize everybody has lives and they have to go live them maybe they want to eat dinner um <laughs> maybe they want to go to the bathroom like you know those regular degular things so yeah. i'm going to i'm going to take we're going to take a break and if you're still here when we come back we welcome you to play games oh poopy <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll be back and we're back yeah, so I pulled up some questions off of different Reddit groups. This one comes from our Black ladies off of Reddit. Like, what are your thoughts on some Black people disagreeing with Stop Asian Hate? So, 
obviously wait why are you against it like is the first question that would probably come to all of our minds um but like I also don't want to sit here and act like I don't understand I don't understand the being against it but I do understand where they're coming from as far as like because I know like I've seen these conversations online a lot where people are saying stuff like they're anti-black they're not contributing to our movement they're basically clinging onto our bootstraps etc 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 so i don't want to sit here and act like i don't see where they're coming from but at the end of the day it's like these eight people uh were killed and like they didn't deserve to white supremacy is the answer people like they're white supremacy is the problem it's like, you're like, why is this happening? White supremacy, the end of the discussion. Like, and it's a common enemy for all of us. And so it's just kind of like, if you don't want to think of it as stop Asian hate, just think of it as stop white supremacy. Like you don't have to, you don't have to attach all of these, all of these things to it if you don't want to. So, I mean, that's my piece on it. I would like to hear what everybody else has to say though. Well, I agree with your sentiments because I'm thinking we need, do need to stop it because I'm thinking, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere i'm thinking okay they're hating on asian people i'm thinking what's the next flavor of the week they're gonna hate on hispanic people and it's gonna be back to black people i'm thinking it's kind of like the flavor of the week i'm thinking yeah but right now uh yeah we could address uh anti-blackness in the asian community but i'm thinking right now asian lives are at risk because you know we had a previous president that called something the Chinese virus, even though technically speaking, the reason why the virus is in the US because a lot of European visitors came over here, but we're not gonna call it the Pip Pip Cheerio virus and start killing white people. I'm just saying, like, again, it's back to the British people, always fucking things up for everybody. Italians, but yeah. But I'm thinking we don't need anti-Italianness in the US. That's true. Or anti-anything. Well, anti-white supremacy, of course. <laughs> anyone else thoughts mm. I, I think what the issue is it's just a matter of like where you're going to use your agency and maybe they termed um how their stance maybe not in the right light because what it comes down to is you only have x amount of bit of agency and at the end of the day yes asian lives were properized in atlanta but let's not think for a second that black people still aren't getting hit that black people aren't still out of bottom because in order for the system of white supremacy to work, you have to have somebody at the bottom. And that's black people, whether you like it or not. The more adjacent you are to black people, the more shit you get. Um, so I think that's what the issue is. And then the way I looked at it is stop Asian hate. This is a conversation for white people. This shit ain't got nothing to do with black people. Why yeah. are we bothered? Like the, white people have to go ahead. Whether it's Black Lives Matter, stop Asian hate, it's white people. You're the problem. Stop whiteness. Let's start that hashtag. Whiteness shouldn't be a thing. It's not a culture. It's an admiration. Oh, I love it. Stop whiteness. JD, you look like you have something to say. I mean, I, I, I agree with what everyone has said, but maybe not, you know, in such extreme extremes as Stewie here. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think, you know, if, if we lived in a perfect society in which we don't, so I don't want to, you know, delude, you know, what my thoughts are going to be here, but I will say it would be lovely if we could just see one another as human beings and hate against any human being is, is, is not good, um, like as a collective. Um, and we should strive for, 
you know, and into these horrible crimes, regardless of who the crimes are happening to. So that's that's sort of my, you know, like ideal response to an unideal situation. So mm. was- <laughs> fair. Um yeah. yeah. And I think um I think I, we do need to address also that like a lot of these and this is a lot of media like mongering or whatever, but they are kind of being like black people. What are you going to do to help? And it's just kind of like, bra, like we're already doing all of the work. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? The people who probably spread this hashtag were a whole bunch of black people like um like it's not like we haven't been fighting for equality and it's not like if when we get equality everybody else is gonna benefit from it too like people other people of color like you know like it's so it's like everybody expects us to be the savior without any of the benefits of being the savior it's like if we're playing mario and like we're mario but we don't get cake or a kiss at the end we just get nothing like we just had to rescue Peach from Bowser and we got nothing in return. Like that's basically the plight of black people. <laughs> had to go to all these damn castles to find this princess and she's not in any of them. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Another person said, are you comfortable with white strangers, specifically white people touching your hair? Why or why not? I'm not comfortable with anybody touching my hair without permission. Oh, and on top of that, we're in a panoramic right now, so I don't want anyone touching my hair. But even before then, like, <laughs> I legit uh, how to pull out a monkey out of a gymnastics school because it's like one thing when somebody's doing it to you, but when you see your child hair being touched with another child like that, I'm like, oh, I almost lost it. I'm like, you're petting my kid's hair like a fucking dog. No, <laughs> hit her, monkey hit her don't let her fucking no like i'm sorry there's certain things there's a certain imagery where i'm like no that nah you deserve to get hit for that shit i don't give a fuck if you're little this is a lesson for you we are not your pet because if your parents were to go ahead and see a black child just petting your hair like this and you're just come on now it wouldn't be the same treatment so uh -uh. that's a negative all right fair enough Okay, I'm good. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bill Mars. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was about to move on to another question, but I'll let you answer it. Oh, okay, sure. So I've I've actually had uh, more black people ask about my hair and touch my hair than white people. Um, I I I I feel nothing. It's I mean it's fine. I, I mean you know that that's it. <laughs> I mean, for me, if you're a close friend, I'm thinking, oh, sure, I don't mind you talking and educating on how I do my hair because it's a whole process. Like I'd set a whole day, I have to detangle it, then pre-poo, do all the other stuff. And it depends if I'm going to get it braided or not. I mean, right now it's still in its natural state or if I want to get it like silk pressed. But I'm thinking if you're a close friend, I don't mind like educating you on the matter. So sure. Okay, go to a lighthearted question. What was the most expensive and impulsive thing you bought? Hmm. Well, for me, it was my MacBook Pro um, because I had MacBook. I actually bought it. Um, So it was like 
$1,500. And, and I also, when I bought it, I also went to like a couple other stores. So I had to go call my bank. My bank called me like, there's someone that took your card and they said charges of like from Apple, um, a liquor store and KFC. Was that you, ma'am? I'm thinking, yes, 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 it was me. That's so. so funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, I don't actually know the answer. I don't make that many impulse. Well, I guess the, the most expensive impulse buy I've ever made is on a fossil purse, but that wasn't even that expensive. That hoe was only like $80. Like, so <laughs> that I don't make, like if I have impulsive buys, it's like, I'm at a bookstore because I'm a fucking nerd and I'm like, oh, a book <laughs> like, that I, but it looks interesting. Like I don't buy expensive things impulsively. That doesn't happen to me. And so, but I'll buy small things that I don't need impulsively. <laughs> That's the story of my life. <laughs> I bought a big thing I don't need, $600. I bought a fucking Pomeranian that I realized I happily don't like animals. The one that's jumping on my couch that can hear me like, no. Get out! What are you doing? Well, we saw the motion, then we see like Boosie's head comes up. No, I. She just, was a child. She was acting the fool today. Like, oh my god. I love it, Boosie. So cute. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, um, I think the most expensive thing I bought skincare something I, I didn't really need from like Sephora, but I was like, oh, it's supposed to be nice and help with texture. Um, Cause I have a lot of texture on my face. So yeah, that's skincare. Fair, fair. Look, see everybody, I feel like has a better answer than me. <laughs> I love natural hair products. If it's good, I'm thinking, oh, look at all these ingredients. I might buy you for tonight, so. But it's not super expensive, probably like $10, $15. And I guess a simple one. Would you punch your best friend for $100? If not, why? Why are you asking me if I'd punch you for $100? (laughs) (laughs) No, I punch you, you punch me. (laughs) Why do we just want to punch each other? Is this going to be an episode of Naruto where we just punch each other and like we just go flying across the room? And then we get to $100 each. We each get $100? But you'd have to, uh, but my face, where are we punching exactly? Are you going to punch? I mean, me? just like at the cheek, I'm thinking. Well, why do you want to punch my face, Belmars? <laughs> it wouldn't be a hard punch. Okay. Acceptable. Hi, Munchie. Hi. 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 Hello. Wait, I want to know if Munchie would punch her best friend in the face for $100. <laughs> No, that is so wholesome. Thank you. No, my best friend's too good. If it's my ex best friend, uh, I'll do it for free, but I do like my money, so add a little more. Get it, get it, Munchie. What an answer. I loved that. (laughs) Belmars, why can't you be more like Munchie? You're over here making plans for us to get money, and she's like, No, I would never punch my best friend. Now, my ex best friend, like, just. I need to be more like my niece, Munchie. Exactly. <laughs> For the record, Munchie is shorter than everybody else. I told her, as a short person, you have to act like a short person. They will hurt you. Wait, but I elbowed the tall boy for pushing me. 
him, him walking, <laughs> and I got away with it. <laughs> Get it? I love that child. She's a bucket of personality. We need to have her on one of the episodes, probably for oh, Gen Z. We could have a kids episode. Oh God! You yeah. said that keyword. Please don't. I'm a different breed. That we better we recognize. She's like, you don't know how to. She tried to talk to me like I talked to my old coworker. She's like, you don't know how to turn on the computer or use TikTok because you're a millennial. As Gene. What? According to my coworkers, I know everything about the computer. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let's. Uh, do you have one more question and then let's wrap it up? Because I guess the last one is what fictional character would do you relate to most and why? For me, I guess it's Issa D from Insecure. Because I'm guessing I really like her personality. I actually really love her fashion choices. If I can take her whole wardrobe, I would. And kind of like, okay, I'm trying to get my life together, but it's still not going exactly the way I want to. Um, I mean, she still has guys. So I kind of feel like that. Thinking, okay, you're kind of imperfectly imperfect. And her awkward Black girl series too, because that got me through college. Yeah, believe. What fi- I don't know the answer to this. What fictional character do I relate to? It's very difficult. Oh, you know what? Uh, Kelsey from Craig of the Creek. <laughs> I've been I've been watching Craig of the Creek on HBO Max. <laughs> Except I'm not an, a half orphan from Hungary, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I I like the fact that she narrates in her own head and like. <laughs> Oh, Belmars, you need to watch that with me one day. Anyway. <laughs> oh, anyone else got an answer? Is that the kitty show with the girl with the, the bird on her head? Yes. Yes. We have literally nothing in common except that she loves books and I love books, but it doesn't matter because I kind of want to be her a little bit. <laughs> yeah, some people said Squidward from SpongeBob because I have to try I just have people trying to enter my life and no offense. I want to stay peaceful and content where I am right now. Oh, and just try to work at a fast food as a cashier. Just literal SpongeBob world right now. And another person says Joker because I'm a- Joker, wait a second, pause. Anybody who relates to the Joker needs to be in a mental institution. (laughs) Well, they said because like him, I'm also an angry failed comedian. That's funny though. But still, that man is psychologically insane. Anyway. Hmm. But yeah, well, when I was younger, I guess another funny story with Stewie's that uh, she referred to my sister and I as SpongeBob and we referred to her as Squidward because we're always doing crazy things to piss her off. And they always make weird voices. And I'm like, oh my God, y'all are SpongeBob and Patrick. And then what, the other sister has SpongeBob teeth and they all make weird voices. They would. Uh, According to them, my character would be Jigsaw off the of saw. Wow, they totally like gave you a serious. That's great. I like psychological games. I don't do yeah. that. You made us drink like a cup of hot sauce for some Rice Krispie treats. Hold up. What was the game called? Fear Factor. Okay, if it's fear factor, 
it's a normal fear factor. And then you like baking soda and try to make a strange mixture of certain things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Siblings. Listen, y'all, my siblings had nothing to do with me in comparison to y'all. Let me just tell you that right now, because my brothers did not. They were just kind of like a thing on the floor. Mm. <laughs> because also our, well, my siblings are kind of close in age-ish, because like, Little brother's 96, I'm 94, my sister's 92, and then my, I think, our older brother, we don't really talk to him, I think he's like 90, 89, and then uh, Stewie's like 87, 88. Yeah, he's 88. We're, yeah, the gaps are really close. Yeah, yeah no, my- That's something like, if I had to pick somebody, I would be like, knock them in the middle, because like, the family was just tore up. And then like I was in this, I was always in gifted and talented for academics and they will always try to inspire me. And I'm like, no, I can't. Everything's jacked up. Just, just a lot of crazy dysfunction. I love this. Such a neurotic kid. <laughs> I love that so much. JD, who would you be? Who do you? Um, I don't know. I've, I've really been sitting here all this time trying to think. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I don't want to not provide an answer. So, um, hmm. Let me think. I don't, I don't know. Maybe come back to me or, or don't, or just like, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't think of something in time. Um, I'm trying to think of like a really nice, polite character. <laughs> One person said Daria from Daria and Darlene from Roseanne because they're sarcastic. I do not put with everyone's BS and I call everyone out. Oh, you think I'm Daria? No, 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 no. no. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been offended like in the slightest. <laughs> no, she's just reading off answers. That she's not saying you're Daria. Oh, I'm like, that's fine. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. And I guess probably a better question to end on is like, what are, the, what are your healthiest and unhealthiest habits? For me, I do like eating fruit, but also I like to stay up late. <laughs> and then sleep too long. She's late to work. <laughs> well, because it's, it's an Eastern time. So, and I'm in central time. So I'm like up an hour earlier. I mean, luckily, I don't have to, like, turn on my camera for our team meetings. We only have, like, one or two a week. There you go, girl. You can look beat up in peace. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, healthiest and unhealthiest habits. I guess my um, my healthiest habits, I don't know if that's healthy. Pacing? I, pay, I get in so many damn steps. Like, a day is not even, I pace everywhere. Because that's the only way I can think when it comes to writing. Um, but unhealthy habits would probably have to be that I'm addicted to like snacks. I love snacks, y'all. Like, and not good ones. And so it's not good. That's why my face looks like this. It's no, uh, well, that's probably not true, but that's all I got to go on. So, yeah. I drink a lot of water and get my steps up. Um, I really don't like drinking a lot of soda, but at the same time, I drink sugar free drinks. Including one word bowl a day. Um, and I like candy. I love candy, especially mm -hmm. Skittles, like those kind of now relators. Like uh, my coworkers always say that, like, you drink so healthy, but you're going to get diabetes. And I was like, then you're just going to have to cut my legs off because I'm not giving this shit up. Like, candy is happening every day. 
Have you thought about smart sweets? Mm-hmm. No. If I'm in a sweet, I'm getting the sugary crack. Skittles. Now layers. If I need a fruit snack, gushers. <laughs> I, I, Belmars, why did you set her up like that? I don't even know why you said, like, have you thought about, no. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to have my legs cut off and you just going to wheel me. I'm going to have two nuts because, no, I'm not, no, I'm not giving up Skittles. I'm not, it's not going to happen ever in life. Beautiful. JD? Um, I'd probably say my healthiest habit, um, I'm a big fan of walking. So I, I like to walk. So similarly to you, Nikki, Allie, I get my steps in. Bad habit, I really like uh, like all the bad carbs. Like give me all the like cakes, cookies, muffins, like all the pastries. That So yeah, I'm trying to work on that, but. Baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. I got you. Lauren Belmars, let's release these people. <laughs> we need to release these people. Um, what uh, what are my ending things? Stay in school. Um, <laughs> um, uh, stay safe. Everybody wear your mask. Stop Asian hate or really just stop white supremacy because we hate white supremacists. And that includes you, Sharon Osborne. God. Great white supremacy ended. That's right. Like, just put in your resignation letter and go already. Okay? Um, And also, um, no, I don't have anything else. Just have a good week. (laughs) Thank you to all our panel for joining us. Uh, Those that came in late, those that came in early. And uh, thank you for your insight. Please wear your mask. If you can, get vaccinated. We really hope that. And probably follow us on the our handles. My Instagram is lady underscore blurred94. And my Snapchat, which I really don't post because I'm horrible, is Belinda Belinda Mars2545. Yeah. Um, it's at Nikki Alley Muse as always. Stewie, what do you have to say? Your hand is raised. For the people who play Roblox that is listening, I want you to know that on Dami, all your gifts and stuff don't trade it yet because in a couple of years, it's going to be valuable since the gift refresh. Pass to the people. Get it. Thank you for that, uh, Munchie. Thank you. That was That's great. For the all you people out there. JD, do you have any parting words? Mm. Um, Sure. Thank you for having me um, on this podcast. I really enjoyed the panel and meeting all the lovely ladies um, and the opinions and the perspectives. It was fantastic. I have, uh, I don't really have a lot of social media that I would care to plug, uh, but thank you nevertheless. And I hope you all have a wonderful day and treat each other well. Yes. All right, people. Uh, Yes. Thank you to all the ladies who came on the panel. Everybody have a good week and um, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.